0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Best of 5, your weekly FGC talk show. My name is Elon, and today, Steve uh, is dealing with an emergency, so he was not able to be on the show. However, I do have a co-host. Chat, you're the co-host, so pull your weight. Alright, don't leave me hanging. I'm gonna cut, I'm seriously, I'm gonna cut to you guys. We're gonna, I'm gonna read you guys. It, it, you're, you're co-hosting this show now. Yeah, there you go. You're, you're the co-host now, Chaotic Good Vibes, yes. So pull your weight, all right? Don't leave me hanging, you dang, you dang goobuses. All right, with that said, tonight on the show, we're going to talk about a weekly recap. Uh, t- tonight on the show, uh, we're going to talk about the weekend recap, as always. We're going to talk about the new pop-off meta. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's a new pop-off meta. That is going around and we're gonna break it down for you guys tonight. We're gonna also break down the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour announcement and what the new World Tour is going to look like. Street Fighter 6 is making an appearance over at San Diego Comic-Con. We're gonna talk a little bit about that, and we're gonna run through the CLG Run It Thursdays, which is a new weekly with a with it not a new format, but a different format than we're used to. Uh, So that's going to be pretty exciting. So without further ado, unfortunately, Steve's not here, so I have to set myself up for this. So ladies and gentlemen, here is your weekly recap. All right. First, we're going to start off with Colossal 2022, the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Smash World Tour Gold Event. And it was won by the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, the MK Leo. Uh, Runner-up, of course, is the Moist, the Maester, Shag, and Bloom Forever, along with Gluttony, rounding out the top five. Sisqui, Mister R, and Naitoru, rounding up the top eight. And let's take a look at the tied for ninth. We got Leon, Night talks Quick, and Tarek. And tied for thirteenth, we have Bj. That is Bj. Uh, Leon, Lugi, and Space. The entirety of Space was there. Take my word for it. Next, let's take it over to Get On My Level. This is a Smash-heavy recap this week. Uh, Get On My Level, another Smash World Tour Platinum event this time around. Uh, For Smash Ultimate, Onan, representing the USA, holding off the Canada invaders of Big D and Rids. Cosmos and Cola rounding out the top five. Syrup. Oh, uh, sorry. Cosmos, Cola, and Syrup rounding out the top five. Aaron, the Moist Boy, and Goblin rounding out your top eight. And tied for ninth, of course, is Larry Lurk. Ouch. Tilda and Zenato. And tied for 13 is Icy Mist, LA Grimace, Sinji, and Soar. On still get on my level, we also had... The Smash Brothers Melee tournament, which of course was won by the one, the only, the Hungry Box, Liquid's Hungry Box, taking it over Jamook uh, in a very, very exciting grand finals. Zane, taking third. Joshman, IBDW, and Mango rounding out your top five. Moist, Moki, and Nun round out the rest of your top eight. Tied for ninth, Amsa. Lucky, Noel, and S2J. And tied for 13th is Ben, Frenzy, Scarzo, and the one, the only, the Smash Daddy. The Smash Daddy making a return. Along with the Smash Brothers tournaments on Get On My Level, there were a lot of other tournaments as well. Guilty Gear Strive, won by the Peppery Splash. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Slice and Dice takes it. Rivals of Aether, singles and doubles. One by Cake Assault doubles, of course, with Cake Assault's teammate, the Penguin. Super Smash Brothers Melee doubles by ID uh, one by IBDW and Jamook. And Cruz was taken by Fatino, Frenzy, Kingu, Max, and Professor Pro. The Smash Ultimate Doubles was taken by Linus and Lucy. And the Cruise was taken by Day Demon Ellie Jamin. I hope I pronounced that name right. Uh, Serenity and Stefan. So big ups to everybody over there on Get On My Level for a good weekend. Good tournaments were had by all. Now enough about the past. Let's look forward to the future. What to watch this week on Friday tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. Double Down 2022 begins. It's another Smash World Tour Platinum event. So you can head on over to uh, VG Bootcamp, VG Bootcamp 2, VG Bootcamp 3. And Rivals of Aether And that'll be taking place all throughout the weekend UMAD 2022 Taking place as well Starting on Friday at 7pm Eastern And the Capcom Pro Tour Online South America West Qualifier Is taking place this Saturday At 5pm Eastern over at Capcom Fighters So that's what you have To watch this coming week And that Was your weekly recap Oh, dang it. (laughs) Still getting used to this controller. Alright, there we are. Oh, and uh, everything's gone downhill. Everything's gone downhill. Oh, no, what am I doing? How does this work? Where am I? There we are. Hi, everybody. So, for those of you that missed it, uh, Steve's not here, so you're my co-host, chat. Deadass, no recap. Uh, Animate Sam. Animate Sam. Uh, We got your email. We're looking for that smug interview. Animate Sam emailed us requesting the smug interview. We're looking for it. As soon as we have it, we're gonna edit it down and we're gonna try to repost it, or at least try to make a small segment on the show here. Speaking of segment, ladies and gentlemen, something important happened this week at Get On My Level, and that is the new pop off meta. So, for those of you that don't know, uh, the po- the new pop off meta was indeed revealed. In the winner's finals of the Smash Melee tournament between Hungrybox and IBDW. And we're going to break down, we're going to break down this new meta. Because this new meta is important. This is going to change the face of pop-offs moving forward in the FGC here. So, without further ado, let's take a look at this. There we go. Let's take a look at this pop-off. about just mis- lasers even so slightly because if he gets hit by a backer he will be knocked off stage like what we just said. there it is Box be- takes it ooh the counter pop off the counter pop off this is the new pop off meta happening before our very eyes the counter pop off the loser popping off on the winner then grabbing the fupa moment, giving him a shoulder hat and then trying to calm down And, of course, celebrating his loss. So that is the new pop-off meta. We're going to break this down a little bit because there's a lot to unpack here. Now, of course, all is not as it seems on the surface level, right? Now you guys follow me here, Let, let's let's like really take a look at this and really break it down. Let's look at it one more time. We're going to pause, we're going to point out some key moments, and we're going to really see why this is going to change the face of pop pop-ups moving forward in the FGC. Let's take a look one more time. Let's go ahead and skip it. Here we go. So there's the loss. So, by this time, the set's over, right? Hungrybox called out the recovery, bumped IBDW off, And here is IBDW was up faster than Hungrybox. So that's a big uh, that's the big thing here Look at the hopping right in his face Woo! Now here's where things change. Here's where things change Hungrybox with the pat on the cheek now Of course look these guys are friends, right? They're very close buddies. So No bad blood anywhere here. This is all in good fun. But here's where things get interesting. Here's where things get interesting. Pat on the cheek. All of a sudden, he's grabbing Hungrybox's waist. What's happening here? Are they about to have an intimate moment? Look at the way IBDW is walking. IBDW is stumbling. Look at his eyes. Right? Do you see his eyes? His eyes are wide as hell. Do you know what this is? Look at him. He's holding Hungrybox. He's pretending he's patting him on the back. Do you know what this is? IBDW screamed so hard at Hungrybox that he almost passed out. This is this is a fact. This isn't like a speculation. This is a fact. IBDW almost passed out after screaming. Look Look at how wobbly his legs are. He was about to pass out. No, he's literally about to pass out. This man is holding on to hungry box for dear life. So this isn't like a pat on the back. Like, good job, you did it. This is a, oh my god, I need help. He yelled so hard that he almost passed out and he needed to take a moment. And hungry box enjoying the moment as well. That the reverse pop-off caused this man to almost pass out from screaming too loud. That is, I believe, the craziest pop-off I've seen in a long time. It's a new pop-off meta. The reverse pop-off. Um, and Squidly I feel like that's a bit of an assumption Uh, let's not do that you know Uh, just because like you know this is a reverse pop off these guys are friends They, they probably have been doing this to each other for other tournaments and again IBDW almost passing out and hanging on to Hungrybox for dear life that is the new pop off meta you go so hard, you almost pass out. You heard it here first. So be on the lookout for a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> so, this said, I believe it is time for us to move on to our next topic. <laughs> I can't wait to lose. You yeah, Honestly, me neither. Me neither. Uh, losing is going to be pretty fun. Now, here's the situation. Let's move on to our next topic, which is the brand new... Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour announcement. Ready for this? Watch this. We're back. We're in Dragon Ball land. Now, Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour was announced last week at the DBFZ show. And we got all the deets for everything that they're going to do. Let's take a look at the new and improved Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour setup. Shall we? First, there's 11 regions this time around. There's NA West and A East, Mexico, Europe 1, 2, 3, and 4, so 4 European regions, Japan, East Asia, Southeast Asia, and Australia, so 11 big regions for, uh, for people to qualify in. We have... The event categories, which are the Power Plus event, which are your super-duper big events. Right now, I think they only have one announced, and we'll get to that in just a sec. We have the Power events, your majors, your fun stuffs. And we have the Tenkaichi events, which are basically like the Tekken Dojo events, right? It's like the local-slash-online events that uh, that a lot of uh, a lot of fighting games have been implementing in their world tours. Which is a great thing for building up the locals. And the grassroots communities, right? It gives everybody a chance to uh, find their way up to the top. Here it is. Power Plus event. Evo's the only one announced. Probably going to be the only one, right? Evo's usually all the only, like, Power Plus, the Masters Plus, the Super Plus, Platinum Plus, whatever you want to call it. Uh, premium events are offline. And top placements count towards the regional leaderboard ranking and are region free which basically means you can travel to these tournaments and it doesn't matter where you live you're going to be earning points with the tenkaichi events uh these are community tournaments both offline and online they count for the regional leaderboard and the points are region locked which means if you are traveling outside of your region for one of these you're not earning points you're not earning points so don't be traveling for those and here is the points breakdown, of course. The Power Plus event, uh, 550 points for first, and all the way down to 49th, right? 49th earns yourself a little one point. Uh, tied for 30 ter- 33rd. 33rd is five points, uh, and 25th and above is 10, 25, 45, 70. 100 and a top eight starts with 100 and goes up to 50 for top five 220 for fourth 300 for third and 200 for four uh 400 for second reading is hard uh power events are a little bit below that almost half the points below that uh 300 for first 220 for second 150 for third And so on and so forth. It's about half the points from then on. And these two types of events are region free. Of course, everybody's going to travel to Evo. uh, So no reason to region lock there. Other majors, go travel to them if you can. Go earn your points. Tenkaichi events, again, these are the uh the dojo events right like the Tekken Dojo event style the community tournaments both online and offline if you have over 128 players you're going to earn 220 points for first so these points are getting pretty serious they're getting pretty close to the uh the big offline majors right the power events uh 96 plus you're getting 150 for first 64 plus you're getting 148 70 32 45 and if you have 16 people at your local you're getting 25 points and the way the, uh, the points, and like your final points are tallied, is you have two results from Power slash Power Plus events and four best results for the Tenkaichi events. And that determines your place on the leaderboard. So your top two finishes in the Power and Power Plus events and your top four finishes in Tenkaichi events. So that is how the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour is going to work. And region free is very nice to hear. Absolutely, and the fact that there's going to be offline tournaments is cool to hear. Uh, it's still a little bit scary, right? Like there's new variants and new things happening with COVID every week, um, so we just have to keep an eye out on that. But as long as everybody is safe, I think we can have a good old time. Know what I'm saying, chat. What do you guys think about this uh, DBFZ World Tour? You guys, you guys gotta, you guys gotta, gotta pull your weight here. What, what are you guys doing over there? Uh, Olsen says, it seems odd to me that they don't split the U.S. into four. Yeah, that is very true. They are, they are, uh, they are splitting Europe into four, which I think is very interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm a little curious to see, like, what regions of Europe they are. I'm assuming it's probably gonna be, like, U.K. and Ireland. And then, probably, like, mainland West, Nordic, mainland East, Middle East, maybe? Who knows? Uh, they, uh, I don't think there's any details on that. And if there are details, I didn't do my research, so I apologize. Uh, and like Anime Sam was saying, region free. Go travel to tournaments. Go be merry. You still don't understand what they consider Tenkaichi events? Squidly. It's basically like your locals. Your weekly locals. Uh, like where you go to local arcades. Much like... Uh, Tekken Dojo events or Street Fighter World Tour events. Uh, local grassroots tournaments where um, either local grassroots tournaments that are either online or offline. Uh, people can apply to become a Tenka- Tenkaichi event at the Dragon Ball uh, World Tour website. I think if you should take a look at their Twitter, the Bandai Namco Esports Twitter, uh, there's an application thing there. So it's basically like your locals, your regionals. Uh, anything that's not a major, right? Like the major is like the the power tournaments, right? Like think your CEOs, your combo breakers, but think mostly. Uh, think of like, uh, let's see, like something like uh, I was gonna say Texas Showdown, but I think Texas Showdown technically counts as a major, maybe. Um, you know, like the the smaller events, the smaller events. Think of think of the smaller events there. Uh, yeah, Olsen saying like most of their local Tekken events or Dojo events, yeah. Uh, anybody can apply, and they get accepted, and you get to earn points f- for your leaderboard with your weeklies. Right, as long as uh, as long as you got 16 people plus showing out, you get you get some points, and you can uh, battle your way up. But yeah, them's is Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, it's really interesting seeing this kind of announcement come out, especially because. I feel like what I've been seeing from the sentiment of the new patch for Dragon Ball Fighters is a little bit, eh. Uh, it feels like it feels like a lot of people were not really enjoying what the new Dragon Ball Fighters plays like, uh, especially with some of the changes. If you oddly enough, I haven't seen anybody talk about Labco Twenty One, so maybe they did their job with uh, nerfing that character, but you know there's been a lot of like really really big changes to gameplay i've seen a lot of crazy new combos crazy new routes uh lots of crazy 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 stuff uh like touches of deaths and all that other fun stuff so we'll see what happens with dragon ball fighters uh they i think i believe their first event is at evo if not something else uh but i'm pretty sure their first event is over at evo so we'll get to see The new Dragon Ball Fighters in the main stage at Evo. See where they are in the great grand scheme of things. As far as how players are working their way through the new patch. Same thing with, you know, it's the same thing with Guilty Gear. I'm super curious to see how Guilty Gear is doing. Mostly because every time I've played since the patch, I've been kind of annoyed with a couple of things. But, you know, maybe that's just me. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, the Burst League. Everybody remembers the Burst League. Rip and Pepperonis to the to the burst league chat anybody else got anything about dragon ball fighters before we move on i just realized like i'm about halfway through the show and it's like 30 minutes so this is probably going to be a one hour show today it's what happens when steve's not here it's a shorter show all right chat going once going twice and we're gonna talk about street fighter six now oh uh you feel like trying to get it up and running is going to be a wonky road due to uh dragon ball fighters well, they've had a bunch of world tours at this point, right? And especially now that they get their offline events, I think uh, with the groundwork that they have, and especially because they have case studies with doing the local events, like the dojo events for Tekken, uh, I think they'll be all right. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, big event, First big event is at Evo, if I'm not mistaken, so keep your eyes peeled. All right. It's time, ladies and gents. Shall we... Talk about Street Fighter 6. Everybody wants to talk about Street Fighter 6. Watch this shit. You ready? You ready? Ready for this? You're not ready for this. Bam! We're in Metro City now. Speaking of Metro City, let's go ahead and talk about Street Fighter 6. Street Fighter 6, the Street Fighter account announced that Street Fighter 6 is going to make an appearance at San Diego Comic Con. This is important. Uh, After, you know, after the big reveals that we got uh, in May and early in June, uh, we got the big gameplay stuff uh, with some content creators, uh, and they announced, if I'm not mistaken, I think they announced this today, that they will be at San Diego Comic Con at booth number 215, booth number 215, and it's going to be the first public hands-on demo in North America. Uh, I believe they're running an older build because they said you'll be able to play as Luke, Jamie, Ryu, and Chun-Li, so no Guile. Uh, and you're just going to be able to play versus either with a computer or with somebody else. But here's the interesting thing. Uh, here's the interesting thing about this announcement is all of the stuff around this announcement. And they mentioned that there is going to be a Metro City booth. So they're putting in the work. It's going to be a metro, like a corner of Metro City inside of San Diego Comic-Con. There's going to be digital and physical graffiti art being made on location. So you get to go watch some people do some dope-ass stuff. And you get to play some Street Fighter. Uh, and you get to try out the new game. Uh, again, this is probably going to be an older build. So we'll see what happens there. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of cool footage. Uh, a lot of people over there on the West Coast are probably going to be filming a lot of stuff, trying some cool stuff. I'm excited to see what people come up with as far as more people getting hands on the game, especially because it feels like this game is so far away. It's coming out in probably February of 2023, so it feels like it's forever and ever away. So more information to tide us over is never a bad thing. One other thing that is very interesting that they announced is that there will be indeed a Street Fighter 6 panel. Uh now they were very forthcoming about the 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 announcement is and what they said is the Street Fighter 6 panel is going to give you an insight into how Street Fighter 6 is being developed there will be trivia for some knockout prizes and that's it right so no I think they're putting that out there just to quash any hopes of any new character reveals or anything like that i think they're just going to go into the game how they're making the game what we should expect from the game and that's it as far as when and where the panel is that information is going to be coming very soon uh but that is the very very exciting thing uh more street fighter 6 is never a bad thing uh not everyone, if uh, you feel like they should stream the test footage. So here's the thing I feel like there are going to be a lot of people. So, one person I can already imagine going is Stupendous. Stupendous is a, I think, a SoCal player, a SoCal Geef player. I can only assume that people like him are going to be making their way over to San Diego Comic Con. And they do a lot of um, IRL streams. They have a really cool, like, old Osmo setup that they bring around the tournaments. So, I can only imagine that people will be streaming a lot of stuff from the event itself, especially because it's a public event, right? Like they said, it's the first in-person, public, hands-on demo in North America. So, going to be a big old deal. Mean Scene says, Capcom revealed Ken at the 2015 uh, San Diego Comic-Con panel? Hmm. Maybe they'll do a review. I don't know. Um, The way they... Here, I'm actually going to pull up the the release info that they posted. Just so I am not talking out of my butt. Here is what they said. A developer panel will be taking place where members of the development team will be delivering a deep dive into the revealed characters and provide more insight into how Street Fighter 6 is being developed. We'll also be hosting trivia during this panel where you can win some knockout prizes. Stay tuned for more information on the date and time of this panel. Now, there is one thing to be gleaned from this, too. And this is something that we should have gleaned from when they did their past event with uh, influencers where, you know, a bunch of people got their hands on the game. Not me. Uh, and it's the fact that the producers and the director of Street Fighter Six are going out and about in public, right? Uh, like, I think I saw a an interview with both Lord Matsumoto and uh, the other guy, the director guy, whose name I currently am forgetting and I feel like a jerk for. Uh, they did a full interview with IGN, where they, like, talked about how the development process is going, how things are happening, right? And it felt very foreign, Coming from Capcom, right? Especially because back in the day, you know, think Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter 5, nobody was able to talk about anything, right? It felt like a very closed box. It felt like there was no information coming in or out. It was just like whatever they were going to release, it got released and that was it. Along with this, uh, I don't know if you guys remember Bizarro Mike. Bizarro Mike used to be the esports director over at Capcom. I believe that was his title. I could be wrong about that. However, uh, he shared my sentiment in that. And, you know, Bizarre Mike was in the trenches over at Capcom. And according to him, even the workers, even the workers weren't able to talk to the producers and the directors of the games, right? Like that the, that to me is such a crazy, crazy decision. Even your like the people who are working in your offices, the people who are working for your games are not able to talk to the people who are making the game. Ah. Ah. But this is such a huge change and it feels like it's such a positive change, right? You have some director uh you have the director and the producers who were working on Street Fighter 5 who are I think have a, I think they have a fresh a fresh and more modern perspective on How to communicate with the community at large and how to make a game right like look at what they're doing look at metro city back here you see this shenanigans like they're they're really like embracing like the street version of this right uh they're gonna have live graffiti artists they're going to have an actual booth that's like a corner of metro city so they're really pumping money into Street Fighter 6 and in the marketing efforts, right? The thing I can remember the most about Capcom was this, uh, the Resident Evil 7 demo that they had at PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Experience, I think it was in 2016, where they legit built a house in the middle of the show floor, and you had to sign up for a specific time, and you got in there, and they put you in the VR stuff, and, there was, and you played the VR thing, and when you took the VR thing, you were in the room that you were in in the game. And then you had to like, it was like an escape room. You had to find your way out, right? Like the fact that they're putting this much effort into Street Fighter 6, the fact that they're making a Metro City booth, they're making a Metro City booth. There's going to be graffiti artists there hanging out. There's going to be photo ops, right? Like they're going to have a bunch of stuff to draw people into this booth. And it feels like this is an attention that Street Fighter has not received in a long, long time from Capcom. So I think this all bodes well. I think this all bodes well. And I can't see what comes out of San Diego Comic-Con, right? Somebody said that uh, they announced Ken at San Diego Comic-Con in 2015. Camera delayed with audio. What? All right. There we are. Thanks for derailing the show, Olsen. Look, chat, you guys are supposed to be my, my co-hosts here. Right now, you're not doing a good job, especially you, Olson. <laughs> no it's all good Uh, no 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 apologizing it's all good now end of the day here's a sitch Street Fighter 6 more Street Fighter 6 in the hands of the public not a bad thing actually it's the opposite of a bad thing it's a good thing Uh, you remember Nintendo making New Donk City for uh, San Diego Comic Con yeah see like that's and that's the crazy thing it's like for from what I can remember as far as Capcom boots go Specifically, Street Fighter Capcom booths, I think they were just booths, right? Like, it was just a giant wall with some screens that you can go up and you can play the game, and that was it. So, having this kind of attention on Street Fighter V and having this kind of push from Capcom for Street Fighter Six. Did I say Street Fighter V before? I meant Street Fighter Six. Having this kind of push from Capcom, can't wait. Build a mini-city at a con and have a successful game. Look, that's marketing, right? Like, you get people excited for your game. You get all this crazy stuff. You know what another uh, another game that had a giant booth at the Sony PlayStation experience was? You guys remember that game, Let It Die? That Suda51 game? That game's badass. It was super fun. They had this crazy-ass setup where it was, like, the subway. And, like, they had a, b- a bunch of actors, like, literally just sitting there, like, with, like, gas masks on, like they do in the game where they're just sitting on the subway. And they had, like, the the airport lady to take pictures with it was super weird but then you got to go inside and it was like it was exactly like in the game it was super cool like you would walk inside and then uh you would go through like this maze and then you got to play the game and then when you played the game like you were in the actual maze that you just walked through it was crazy uh oh capcom also had a cool resident evil 2 remake booth See, so yeah and that game did well so i think capcom putting some weight behind street fighter 6 is not a bad thing And the fact that they're making this much of an effort, I think, bodes well for how they're going to hopefully support the game when it comes out. (sighs) And again, I think they're doing this because I think finally Capcom is trying to... I think Capcom is finally trying to, like, cater to not just the FGC, right? I think Capcom is really trying to cater to the community at large. Right, like the, the gamers at large, not just the competitive fighting gamers. Um, and they're doing this with the world tour, right? Like this, where this screenshot is from, like the big open world thing. That's what literally anybody outside of the FGC, when they reacted to that trailer, that's what everybody was talking about. Oh, open world Street Fighter. What a cool idea. Oh, open world Street Fighter. This is going to be fun. Finally, people can get into Street Fighter. And the way to do it is to do an open world style game. Because that's what people know. That's what people play nowadays. Right? Not just... Not fighting games. People play open world games. So you make an open world game that leads into a fighting game? Got yourself a hook. And some people would say you got yourself a line in a sink or two. So... Uh... And Mean Scene, you're saying uh, you hope it teaches mechanics and brings a lot of people in? From what I've been reading and from what I've seen in that IGN interview... um. That's exactly the point, is they're trying to take people through Street Fighter in an unconventional way, like tutorials. Uh, Unconventional as in, like, tutorials are conventional in an unconventional way, like an open world game that they're doing. And the end game is people going online and fighting other players, right? Like, so the whole bread and butter of the game is learning and like going through this journey and growing the end game is the competitive side of it right i think that's a beautiful idea i can't wait to see it um and i really do hope maybe they have a surprise announcement or two for us uh but you never know you never know a capcom you never know uh okay anybody have anything else left to say about street fighter six and its eventual presence at san diego comic-con let me check the dates i forgot what date of san diego comic uh it's july 21st through the 24th so it's two weeks away two weeks away literally literally 14 days from this exact moment (laughs) 14 days from today so if you're out in socal go go peep it will you uh, Comic-Con is usually a pretty good time. Although, granted, I haven't been to a Comic-Con since, you know, the, the world ended. But I can only assume it's still probably good. Anime Sam, you're saying you're not buying a Street Fighter series day one anymore? <laughs> Look, nobody blames you. But I'm I'm a sucker. I'm a glutton for punishment, so I'm probably going to get it. Uh, does that mean that Evo will have the demo, Money Green asks? Look. That was my assumption as soon as I... As soon as people... As soon as Capcom showed that there's a demo, a playable demo... Or a playable version of this game, my assumption is they're taking it to EVO. Right? It... It makes sense to me. Right? Like, how would you have... Granted, again, maybe... Maybe... Again, we have to remember, this is a new team with a new focus. Maybe EVO is not there is not in their game plan anymore right like maybe the fgc is not in their game plan anymore they're trying to cater to the general casual audience as it were so maybe maybe not honestly i think once we see what happens at san diego comic-con i think we'll have a much better idea of uh where street fighter 6 is going and where it's going and how it's going Uh, you're saying that would be pretty dumb considering competition is the end game. We'll see. We'll see. Again, new focus, new team, fresh focus, fresh team. And according to the interviews, again, maybe we shouldn't take the people at their word for it, but according to the interviews, uh, and some of the, uh, articles being written, apparently the morale over at Capcom people working on this game is through the roof. Everybody's super excited. Everybody's loving it. Uh, I don't know if that's just propaganda. We have, all, we t- all we can all we can do is take the uh, Lord Matsumoto and the director guy whose name I currently forget, and I hate that I'm forgetting it. Uh, all we have is their word. So, and they're saying everybody's pretty passionate about it, and if they are, and it, honestly, it kind of does seem like they are. Uh, it, like from what we've gotten so far, it does seem like they're working, they're putting some heart and soul into the game, so. Uh, I think that's that honestly is like the biggest green flag uh that we can see. This game is all in house this time around. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Uh even they even have a they even have a band. Capcom has like the Cap Jams band. Granted, I don't know if they're gonna have music for this game just because it's a little bit different. But you know, actually, you know now that I think about it, with the way some of the character themes are going, I think Cap Jams is doing the soundtrack for it. Along with, pro- they're probably going to have other uh, notable figures doing soundtrack for it as well. And yeah, uh, Street Fighter V was very outsourced. Uh, specifically, the netcode, if you guys recall, uh, I believe the netcode was handled by a Korean company. And I think one of the big things that they we're having an issue with with updating the netcode is that since it was outsourced they probably didn't have any legal way of fixing it. So uh, but yeah they are using the RE engine. RE engine's pretty badass. They are using uh, all of the people over there at Capcom. It does feel like it's uh they're finally putting some some of that Capcom money. And Capcom's been doing a lot better since Street F- since they were working in Street Fighter 5, right? Like, think of all the bangers that they've put out since Street Fighter V was released. Resident Evil 7, Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World was, I think, a demo over at uh, at PlayStation Experience when Street Fighter V Season 2 was out. Uh, Resident Evil 2 remake. Resident Evil 3 was kind of... A, eh, but Resident Evil 8. The new Monster Hunter's coming out. Devil May Cry 5, right? Like, Capcom is kind of, like, getting, getting its... Like, they're they're getting momentum. So the fact that they're throwing this much weight on Street Fighter 6, I think, is it bodes well for all of us. Ah, <sighs> sorry, I forgot to breathe while I was ranting. Mega Man's in a trash can somewhere. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Mega Man Legends 3. Rip. Well, uh, yeah, honestly, I think this bodes well at the end of the day. So big ups to Capcom. Let's see where they take it from here. We'll find out more in two weeks. And I'm sure we'll 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 be back in two weeks and we'll be chatting about it. Mega Man. Honestly, I just kind of want like an automobilista. Mobilista. For those of you that don't know, that was an old Capcom racing sim. We've rambled on about Street Fighter VI enough. Today's gonna be a one-hour show because I went through these topics way too fast. Let's go to our final topic, and this one I'm pretty excited to talk about because it's new stuff. I like new stuff. Let's talk about Run It Thursdays. For those of you that don't know, Run at Thursdays is the uh, CLG weekly, right? A little while ago, CLG announced that it was doing fighting game tournaments after they picked up CuddleCore, Brian F. Did they pick up someone else? I remember they had silhouettes, but I think I've stopped following. Anyway, CLG, uh, they're doing weekly tournaments, except... Here's, the big, here's the, big, uh, the big deal here is they're doing weekly tournaments with a different format than usual, right? CLG Run on Thursdays is a weekly tournament, online tournament. They have both a East Coast bracket and a West Coast bracket. Both brackets start at 4 p.m. at their respective times on Thursday. So it's going on right now. Uh, the West Coast portion of it starts at 4 p.m. Pacific. And the East Coast portion starts at 4 p.m. Eastern. And then they have the top eights later on in the day. The format for this is the ladder format. For those of you that don't know what the ladder format is, this was the same format that they used. And here's the throwback for you. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people even remember this. Uh, but the ladder format was used for the E-League Geico Amateur Series in 2017. Uh... Where the the finals took place at PAX West, uh, and I specifically remember this format because I'm. <laughs> this is an assumption, but I be, I truly believe I'm the reason Cien, not Cien, but Cien, uh, from Texas, got to go because that guy and I played all night, and that dude beat me like thirty to nothing, right? So I think I gave him enough points to qualify just on our matches alone. The way ladder formats work is there's a window of time, right? Uh, I believe for I believe for uh, Run It Thursdays it's from 4 p.m. until about 7:30. Let me double check that. Uh, and what happens is you go into the site and they're using Start.gg. You go into the website and you click Find Match. They match you up with someone, much like any other tournament. Uh, you then play your match and you report your score. Once your match is over, you can then play another match. And you have you can play as many matches as you, as you want or can uh, until that time is over. And then whoever has the better score, uh, the, top eight, uh, the top eight scores, get placed into the traditional top eight bracket. Uh, as of an hour ago, they're running the uh, Street Fighter V East, and it's IDOM versus Pokey. WPN versus the Say FF Kudo three 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 versus Joe Umerogan, and NYC Furby versus Ramsey. So that's going on right now, and they got some pretty cool commentators. They have Logan Rob TV on the mic. You know, uh, big ups to Rob TV over there in the Midwest. Uh, Midwest people showed me a lot of love when I was over in uh, for a Combo Breaker. So big ups to them. But yeah, that's the way the format works is you have a limit or you have a time limit. You play as much as you can or as much as you want. And then the top eight players with the most points and it's point based in the sense that they take into account your win percentage and how many wins you have. I believe Uh, I have to double check. There wasn't a lot of information, but according to them, there will be uh, hopefully they'll have some more information so we can get really into the nitty gritty of it now. The big thing is, why is this important? Right? We've seen we've seen other groups try to do weekly form or weeklies. We've seen other uh, attempts at trying to, like, people to either cash in or to, like, join the FGC in this way. I went, I asked Brian F. I, I hit up Brian F. a little bit earlier today, and I asked for his thoughts, what he thought about it. He's participating in the tournaments right now. Uh. But here is his response, and he gave me a way more thoughtful response than I thought I was going to get. I'm going to be straightforward with you. I thought I was going to get maybe like a, oh, here's why, but Brian F like actually (laughs) sat down and wrote up like a pretty cool, uh, a pretty cool series of thoughts. Here they are. Brian F on run at Thursdays. COG is entering the saturated weekly event sphere in the FGC and is providing value by doing something a little bit different. While the standard double elimination format will always be king in the FGC, I've felt for a long time there was room for growth and needs that in the community that, in the community that aren't satisfied by this format. The FGC is a lot bigger than it was 10-15 years ago. There's many players that range across a wide level, uh, wide level of skill levels. Not every player is currently in a position to battle for first. They continue. Many are dipping their toes into the competitive ring for the first time in a field dominated by players with years of competitive experience. This makes double elimination brackets often a hard sell. Players can go 0-2 against other competitors' leagues stronger than them, even when there are multiple competitors closer in skill level in the same bracket who aren't matched up. The latter format, Weekly's CLG's putting on, aims to solve this issue while also serving the dedicated player base. Ladder formats allow players to get as many games in as they want when they enter. So beginners to pros can get as much experience as they want as they queue for unlimited games during the ladder time window to improve their record to qualify for the final top 8 bracket. A beginner can go 0 20 if they want to get as many games slash experience as they want during the weekly. And finally, a high level pro can secure their spot with less games and a flawless record. The funnel to a final traditional top eight bracket means we get accessibility and competition all in one bracket. The weekly online event is extremely saturated in the FGC market. CLG is trying to bring a new experience to more players to aid in growth at all levels and provide the format and pricing slash community space to hang out to do so. So, very, very thoughtful and poignant words from Brian F. And... He hit on a lot of top, uh, a lot of the points that I was making a little bit earlier. Where, you know, uh, like I was saying, in the ladder format, you get to play as much as you want uh, until you either feel satisfied or you run out of time. Uh, something that Brian hit on is the accessibility, right? Because as you know, lesser experienced players or less skilled players, you still get to play a wide breadth of uh different skill levels instead of just having two matches to try to survive right so the fact that people get to play as many games as they want and (laughs) i don't know if you guys saw the clg fgc twitter uh tweeted out that uh what was it it was uh black chaos i think was the the player's name was like one in 12 and they were like congratulating him for keeping on the grind and at first i was like man why would you call somebody out like that but afterwards they revealed that they Hit up the player and ask for their permission to post it. So everybody was cool with everything. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's super interesting. It's a it's a format that we don't see a lot. Like I like I told you, I think the last time I've seen this format employed in the FGC was in 2017, as far as like a big tournament goes. So the fact that there's a weekly version of this where people can just get two to three hours of play time to really grind it out and really try to. Get into the competitive space. Is a very cool. Fresh. And new take. On. um, On what we've been doing for a long time. And has honestly been kind of stagnant. So. Big ups to CLG. You hate the start time. Yeah the start time is a little bit weird. Especially because it runs. Tandem to our show. So. Big no no on that. You jerks. But. At the end of the day, that's badass, right? Like, I'm so happy that, you know, we have this new org who is taking care of our players like Brian F. and CuddleCore uh, and are starting to take care of our communities. The way they're running things is they have one week of Street Fighter. The next week is going to be Guilty Gear Strive. The week after that's going to be Street Fighter Five, then Guilty Gear Strive. So they're alternating Guilty Gear Strive and Street Fighter Five. So big ups to the C L G folks. I can't wait to see what happens. Uh there Hey, thanks for the follow, whoever you are. Um I can't wait to see what happens when uh when this tournament actually gets up and running. I can't wait to go see the West Top Eight. The West Top Eight starts in about an hour. It starts at eight PM Pacific, which is in about an hour. Uh and the top eight for the East Coast, I believe started about an hour ago. Um Yeah, it started about an hour ago. So it started right when we did. Uh, And it'll most likely go on probably until like 930 where we end. (laughs) So open up a tab and leave it in the background, but stay here with us. And then you can go over there when we're done with the show. All right. Uh, But yeah, so big ups to first of all, thanks to Brian F for putting for taking the time to sit down and write a really, really thoughtful reply. Uh, about this cool new thing that's happening. Uh, Big ups to the CLG crew over there for uh, bringing a fresh perspective to our stagnant scene. I, I, I wouldn't call our scene stagnant, but it does feel like the double bracket or the double elimination bracket format has been kind of stagnant. And there have been a couple of other formats that have been tried, but nothing has really stuck. So I'm really hoping that this does stick. Especially since, again, this is one of those formats that I think caters to the individuality of people right like you can have someone play like four matches and then say they're done or you can have someone play 50 matches and then say they're done or you can have somebody play 30 matches and then still be ready for more next week right so big ups to them uh really wish they would change the time though (laughs) ah but yeah chat any thoughts what do you guys think? Do you guys like this ladder format? And you in the YouTube comments. Do you like the ladder format? I'm going to read I'm going to read YouTube comments on the show starting next week. I You guys can email us too. I'll probably read some stuff on the show. Um but yeah. I'm super excited to see where this stuff goes. The chat's not pulling their weight. Uh and for the <laughs> I probably should have mentioned this way earlier, but for those of you listening to the podcast, Steve was not able to be here. Uh, so I put the chat up on the screen and, uh, they were supposed to be my co-host this evening. Mean, uh, the mean scene thinks it's neat. I agree. I agree. I can't wait to see the top eight, see how it actually goes. Uh, Fat Cat says that they like the idea but they need to see it more to actually know how they feel about it in practice. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see the culmination of it uh, today, Fat Cat. Uh, I'm especially interested to see like who, like what kind of players make it to the top, right? Because it's not just a, like a, a traditional two bracket. So, I'm assuming there will be players who don't usually get into the top eight of something, but just through like sheer tenacity, <laughs> are going to be able to make it up there, uh, as opposed to some of the regular names that are up there. So. I can't wait to see that. Uh, Squidly says, uh, I think it's interesting, but I feel it's a bit limited despite the CLG group having a ton of big esports money. Um, Limited in what way? Oh, just Street Fighter V and Strive. Well, I mean, look, this is their first foray into this thing, right? Uh, I think the first, like, that CLG FGC Twitter, I think is, like, less than a month old. So... I think this is their first foray into it. I would love to see them expand it if it goes well. I would love to see them uh adjust it if it doesn't go well, you know, uh the fun stuff. Uh but we'll see. Again, this is one of those things where uh they're trying it out and uh hopefully it grows from here uh instead of sinking. And so far, I've, from what I've seen, um it's gotten it's gotten a pretty good uh reception in the sense that in the sense of people actually signing up to play. Uh, let me go over to the registration just so we can just get some numbers here. Let's see. Uh, Street Fighter 5 East Coast Ladder had 55, 56, 57, 58 people signing up. That's really good for a first go at an online tourney. Uh, and the West Coast Ladder had 62 players. That's really good. That's pretty good. I think that's a really good reception, man. And, you know, you had people like Menardee, uh Lord Sabin, NYC Furby, Lord Arturo. Uh, let me see who made top eight again. I know I just read it off not too long ago. Uh, where's the bracket? There it is. So, oh, yeah. So, live update. Breaking news. Uh, sitting at winner's finals... After beating Idom is NYC Furby, Lord Arturo, Young Art versus Kudo. That's going to be a hell of a winner's finals. Holy crap. Right now they're playing safe versus just Pokey. And up next after that is going to be the winner of that versus Idom. Yo, Arturo making it all the way over to winner's finals. That's incredible. Big ups to Art. Uh, And... He tested positive for COVID not too long ago. So that dude's playing handicapped at this point. Man, I guess that 480 Hertz really, really like is the the killer. The, the the killer app. The the killer like the 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 steroids of the FGC at this point. So big ups to them, man. Dude, yeah, I'm excited to see where that goes. With that said, I think I should probably wrap up the show so I can go watch that. <laughs> uh I'm taking a look at the top eight. The top eight for the West Coast is not... Yeah, Arturo did... I did see the tweets of him struggling going back to PlayStation 4. That's got to be hard, man. That's got to be hard. But um, the cool thing about this tournament is that it's cross-platform, right? So if you're on P- whether you're on PC or PS4, you can play. The Guilty Gear tournament, however, is going to be PC only. Just because there's no cross-play for Guilty Gear just yet. Okay, here we go. Uh, Here's the standings right now. It's still in progress. So, for those of you that want to tune into this a little bit later, we have Chris CCH up on top with 10 wins and 1 loss. (laughs) Damn. Uh, Cuz Lightyear. (laughs) That's a really good name. Holy crap. Cuz Lightyear uh, sitting at 9 wins and 2 losses in second. Mira sitting at third, and 7-1. Jot at 9 and 3 sitting in fourth lord shine shine sitting at 10 and 4 uh, hanging out in fifth nephew in sixth going 11 and 6 uh, twisted rivera twisted rivera coming out of Houston uh, going 12 and 7 uh, sitting in seventh and flappy with 5 and 0 and Samurai also chilling in eighth. Oh, Flappy and Samurai are tied. Ooh, I wonder how they handle tiebreakers. That's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but both Flappy and Samurai hanging out in eighth, going 5-0. Five, oh. five wins, zero losses. JB immediately underneath that at 6-1. and one. Uh, I really need to sit down and figure out how they're tabulating these points so I can get a better handle on it. But that's going to be a hell of a top eight. Damn. First week, and you're already getting like these kind of people in your tournaments and getting this kind of a top eight? Showing, you know, I think that bodes well for this kind of tournament. So big ups to uh, the crew over there at CLG. Can't wait to see where this goes. With that said, chat, thanks for being my co-host today. Everybody uh, send Steve uh, your best wishes. Steve's okay, but send him your best wishes regardless. Uh, You know, it's always good to send people your best wishes. With all this said, that's it for me. Mean Scene, thank you for co-hosting. Fat Cat, Animate Sam, Squidly. Saw Olsen a little earlier. Money Green. Everybody hanging out today. Thank you for being here. Appreciate y'all. Everybody up on the YouTube, everybody listening. Okay, that's it for me. I'm going to hop out. Thank you, everybody, for joining. This has been another episode of Best of Five, uh, the one-hour version. Well, the one-hour and ten-minute version. And uh, we'll be back with... Oh! Before I leave, I forgot to say this. Rumbleverse tomorrow at noon. I won't be able to show up right at noon, but you bet your ass I'll be streaming tomorrow. Right? I'm going to go beat up everybody in Rumbleverse again. So it starts tomorrow and it goes on until Sunday night, so I'm going to probably be streaming most of that. So, keep a tabs on the best of 5 Twitter. If you go to bestofvshow.com, you can see all of our social media. Posts or our social media links there, including a link to our new Reddit uh, I don't know how to use it. It's there, though. For you that know, for you people that know how to use it, go use it. Um, for everybody on the YouTube, if you made it this far, thanks. Be sure to give us a thumbs up, will you? Everybody here, go to the YouTube. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers so we can start unlocking monetization over there on YouTube. Uh, with unlocking monetization, that means we'll be able to put more resources into making this show better. So hook, hook, hook us up, will you? Do us a favor. Uh, last but not least, over on Twitter, we're almost at 1,500 followers, so go follow that. I'm, I'll try to come up with something. Honestly, I might just make Steve watch me play, uh, Night Trap if we get to 1,500 followers over there on Twitter, so I'll go do it. All right, I think I'm officially out of things to say. Ladies and gents, thank you for joining. This has been another episode of Best of Five, and since Steve is not here, I guess I will say the words, goodnight Canada.